Guys, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you didn't draw a hunt this year, don't worry. There are still ways to get a tag and get out in the field. Not only are there leftover and OTC opportunities, but if you join GoHunt.com Insider with promo code JSCOTT by August 31st, 2021, you're also going to be entered to win $1,500 worth of Kuyu gear. You also are going to get 10 entries into GoHunt's Big Summer of Elk giveaway where you could win a 2022 New Mexico elk hunt and $15,000 in hunting gear. GoHunt Insider is the one platform for finding great hunts, researching new units, e-scouting, and planning your hunt. Now an added incredible value at no extra cost are desktop maps and maps available on iPhone and Android. Again, this is no extra cost. It's part of being an Insider member. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Sign up at GoHunt.com forward slash JScott and get a $50 GoHunt GearShop gift card just by using the JScott promo code. And also, don't forget, you're going to be entered into a drawing to win $1,500 worth of Kuyu gear. I also want to thank the gear shop at GoHunt.com and Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years, the glassing guru. Don't forget, if you order on GoHunt.com or you call or text Cody at 602-399-3699, you're going to get a 10% discount by using the J. Scott promo code. You can also call the shop directly at 702-847-8747 or email at optics at GoHunt.com. I want to thank GoHunt for their sponsorship of this podcast. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting for sponsoring this podcast. That is the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. You can go to KUIU.com to order directly off the website. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They make the best hunting gear on the market today. Also, Phonescope.com. Use the JScott21 promo code. You're going to get a 10% off on all orders at Phonescope.com. Guys, thanks for listening, and let's get right to this episode. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors <laughs> podcast. Uh, Brendan and I have been having fun. He, Brendan is the chief hunting officer of Kuyu and director of conservation of Kuyu. Brendan Burns, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How's it going? Good. I want to get the scoop on Canada, as, I, as well as I know a bunch of people uh, want to know, is, is it go time or what's going on? Well, I'm considering it go time, and I'll, I'll just put a caveat out there ahead of time. Like, I'm going to give you the best information I have as of, as of right now. Um, I've been in contact with a bunch of outfitters. I'm actually going to the Yukon um, coming up as soon as they open it. So um, I'll give you the best information I've got and what the protocol is right now. Um, it could change at any point in time. There's some political stuff going on. There's some definitely some things that have been done that are a little bit odd that kind of people can't quite make sense of and and you know so between now and so basically the uh the other day that canada announced that they're going to allow um travel of fully vaccinated u.s residents to canada on august 9th it was starting august 9th and we we knew it was coming at some point in time but it was a lot of mixed um kind of feedback whether it was going to be the 15th they said mid-month so it turns out it's going to be the 9th thought it was going to be the 15th to the 21st but starting on the 9th of August, as of today, this is like current information right now, you will be able to go to hunt and um, do everything in, in Canada. It will be basically opening up on August 9th. Now, there's a few caveats with that as well. One is like, you ha- like, no matter what you think about it, 
you have to be vaccinated um, and you have to be vaccinated for your, your, if you do the one shot or if you do the two shot, you have to, you have to have 14 days in between your last shot. So as of right now, if you wanted to go on the ninth, you would have to get vaccinated with the one shot um, because once you have the shot, you have to, they, it's, they say it's not effective till 14 days later and you have to have confirmation of your vaccine card and you have to have a 14 day span in between your last shot and when you go in. So that's just, that's just a given, no matter what anybody thinks about it, like that is just part of the rules right now with that. <clears throat> you're also going to have to have a, so as of right now, they're, they're saying that you're going to have to have a PCR COVID negative test within 72 hours of crossing the border. And as of right now, you're going to have to get tested when you get into Canada again, uh, a negative test um, once you get in the country. Now, there's been some rumors that that could potentially go away the second one. Um, but as of right now, and again, it's not open. So there's a lot of things can change between now and the ninth. You would have to get a second test. Okay. So you have to be <clears> tested <throat> within 72 hours. You have to then yep. land, get there, and then you have to take one once you get there also. As of right now. Yep. There's a test when you cross. And I, I again, I don't know exactly how that works. Um, it has no, nobody's actually done it. So, um, a couple of people with work visas have called me and said, oh, this is how it went. And they did get tested once they went through. But again, it's, it's also a PCR test. So if somebody is going to Canada, you need to make sure that you take the right test. Because the, the, the test that you just go down to your local doctor or if you have a, you know, wherever a medical facility there or something like you just need to make sure it's an actual approved um, test. <clears throat> so um, I do, I've done it a bunch of times, even when Alaska required it. Like last summer in the middle of Alaska, they... Um, the nasal test was deemed obsolete or ineffective, and then you had to do a PCR. So I did, I've done it about four or five times now through a company called the COVID Consultants, where they do it online with you. You actually spit in a cup and then seal the thing on a Zoom call with them and then, for, and then overnight it to them, and then they get the results within a couple hours. So just there, there's going to be some minutia that you're going to have to figure out if, if you're going to Canada and, uh, like I said, there's, there can be a bunch of things changed, but it's, it's actually really great news. And the fact that, you know, at least there's, there's some movement, there's going to be some guys be able to, you know, some people being able to hunt and it looks like, you know, it's some steps in the right direction just to get life semi back, you know, back to normal, especially for the outfitters up there. There's <clears throat> um, the other thing as of right now that just happened that could affect, you know, this thing either way is the United States. So right now, if you're Canadian, you can fly to the United States um, but you cannot drive here. You like overland travel, which is, it's kind of odd. Like you can jump in an airplane and fly to LA or whatever. And as a Canadian, and then you just have to quarantine when you're going back into Canada, but, um, you cannot drive from, let's say you can't drive from Calgary to Montana right now as a, as a Canadian resident. And they extended that until August 21st, which is a really odd move. Don't know what the deal is with it kind of surprised everybody everybody thought it would be like kind of the same thing it would be open on the ninth so some politics involved or something don't 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 really know what that what that means hopefully it doesn't mean anything but that that did happen the following day they just extended that deadline to the 21st so um but as of right now when you're in canada you're gonna have to take a and this is this was told me yesterday by two different outfitters in the yukon so this is not something i've read on a government website but you're apparently gonna have to take a covid test when you leave now this doesn't have anything to do with being in canada it has to do with getting back into the united states as of right now you'll have to take a covid test in canada to get back into the united states 
Um, and I don't know how that works, whether they put you in court, if you were to test positive, I have no idea what it is, but apparently there's going to be some, some one hour, um, some, some quick testing places like in the Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, some of the airports where you can go, uh, you can go get that taken care of. But that was, I was just told that yesterday. So again, I think if, uh, if you want to have smooth travel and you don't want to have anything that's going to be, uh, kind of a pain, it might not be the year to go, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to myself and a few of my buddies that have kind of been waiting are going to are going to definitely give it a run and i guess we won't know until the ninth how uh how it goes but it uh it's going to be like i said it's a good good step in that direction and we'll just see how uh how everything goes i i don't anticipate they'll it'll go exactly like they have released it right now and so it's uh there'll probably be some changes between now and then but as of right now the ninth ninth august you're uh you can go into canada which would be amazing so are you going to actually go on the ninth or are you going to wait a few days i'm going to go on the 10th um just the way the hunt that i'm going on worked out i'm going to go on the 10th i think the ninth may be a bit of a you know a, 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 a bit of a pain but you know who knows but i, I just works out that i'm going to go on the 10th and again i'm going to I'm, you know, living in Montana. I always drive to Calgary and fly up. I'm going to, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to drive across the border. Um, so I can bring my stuff back with me and have a little more flexibility. You know, again, as, as, as if the regulations stay exactly where they are, then I'll be, uh, I'll be doing that. So if it's, it's kind of interesting. I've had, I've had uh, a couple calls in the last two days, <clears throat> the vaccination thing. I, f- I figured the short notice and the vaccination having to be vaccinated. There's a lot of people that um, are not going to get vaccinated. And I, I figured that would have some, w- would throw a jam in it. And especially with the time frame. like I know one guy called me two, uh, two days ago, he had got the first shot of the two shot, can't get the second shot until the, I don't know, sometime like around the ninth or, you know, sometime in the next two weeks, he can get the second shot. And then he's got to wait 14 days. He's out. He got the wrong, you know, like, so there, there may be some short notice type stuff come up. I didn't anticipate that. Um, but there, there, there may be some opportunities for somebody that decides that they're, they're vaccinated and they want to go to Canada. There, there may be some, some short notice opportunities, um, coming up just cause, you know, like I said, nobody really knew, uh, everybody kind of waited till the last second. I mean, it was it was kind of down to the the last minute whether whether it was even going to happen or not. So well, it still obviously could be slightly up in the air. But as of right now, you know, what you're saying though is you have to also get there before winter sets in. In other words, it's quickly. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the doll sheep hunt specifically, you want to you don't want to go too late, right? So that guy that but, has to wait another two weeks, that's just pushing it later into the season. Yeah. I mean, in the Yukon and in the, in the Yukon and the NWT. So right now there's no travel for Americans, the NWT, as I, as, as I understand it. And this would be what we had just talked about was basically the Yukon and British Columbia. Um, I have not heard the update on whether they're going to let people into the NWT or what's going on with that. I haven't been able to get a hold of any of my um, friends that are, are operators up there. So the, the, anything I just said does not apply to the NWT as of right now. I don't know what the okay. scenario is with the NWT. Um, and, and they're usually over by the second week in September anyways. Um, a lot, most of them, as far as the sheep hunting, I mean, they, they may do a few here and there, but really, you know, in the NWT, you're talking generally a July 15th start and pretty much winding down the first week in September, just because the weather can get gnarly. Right. right. S- same as same as the Yukon. I mean, there there is sheep hunts done later for sure, but 
you know, the majority of them is the month of August. So, I mean, you're, you're really talking, if you can't get there in the month of August or the early, early part of September, you know, generally guys transition more to moose and bear and all kind of like all the other stuff and all the other game. But, um, you know, in British Columbia, obviously there's stone sheep hunting happens a little later, but then, you know, obviously the season closes. So you're, you're, uh, you know, I think, I think it gets pretty, uh, it's going to get pretty short. So, um, you know, again, if, if people are prepared or, or have been in touch, you know, I've had a few guys that, and you know, there's just going to be some guys that just decide that it's just a bit of a rush. It's obviously a lot of money and it's a bit of a rush and there's so much uncertainty that there could be a few of them pop up. Um, I would encourage anybody, if you, if you, if you do have a shot at, at a hunt right now, I can tell you like a full operating year, like next year, I, I don't see a lot of hunts coming available for, for quite some time. I and mean, there's been a lot of people bumped places filled in. Um, you know, I've asked a few guys like, Hey, what's it look like for the next couple of years? <laughs> like it's, it's pretty full. So, you know, for what, for what that's worth it, uh, the, the last kind of openings, maybe, maybe this year. So where do you, where are you going? Uh, I'm going with my buddy, Johnny, we're going up in the Yukon. So we're going to a, to a cool area that we're, uh, we're going to go kind of do an explore, exploratory hunt and I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be, what? uh, stone stone so yeah yeah Fantastic. So, gonna be, yeah my buddy aj kissel and i are, are go- both going so it's gonna be gonna be fun gonna be a cool haunt so good and it's just it just feels like you know it's it feels like it's been in prison for a couple of years so uh especially since i killed a, a doll sheep in 2019 alaska like there literally was no place you could go sheep hunting so um it's just nice to you know it's, it's just it's felt funny to not be able to go right um, when you drive from Bozeman to Calgary, how far, how many hours does that take you? It's like seven hours. You know, I, I think if I went the speed limit, maybe slightly further, slightly longer, but I get there in about seven hours. And, um, it's just, it's just really easy for me. Um, it's expensive to have your stuff exported across. It's easier to bring it with me. I can bring some more meat home. I can bring the frozen cape home. I go right across with the head if it's your own, um, trophy and, then, you know, I can take it right to, right to where I want it to go. It just, just simplifies it. And, you know, the other thing is, um, a lot of times right now, you know, there's just not a ton of flights. So for me, I just have one, one flight from Whitehorse to Calgary, which generally there's quite a few of. And then, um, cause I've on several occasions where I've been stuck in Canada, I've had to wait two or three days to get on a flight. Um, whereas, you know, again, it's just a seven hour drive. If I, I can get out pretty fast and then go home, and that's not an option for a lot of people. Um, but just for me, it is an option. And I, uh, I've, I've just done that every time and it's just really worked slick. Great. Fantastic. Um, so do you, are you saying that if people are potentially ready to go and they're vaccinated and they're to get a hold of you, that you might have know some opportunities that are out there? I, I do know some opportunities. Yeah. There's, there's, I, in fact, I know of, uh, there's not a ton of cut on price, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, basically they've been off for two years. Like they're not, they're not really offering just deep discounts, but, uh, I do, I know of two absolutely high, like one of the best Yukon areas for, for doll sheep. Um, he has, I think two openings from the 11th to the 21st, one opening from the 21st to the first and one opening like on the 1st of September. So I know of four there and then I'm sure I'll find a few more out, coming up but that are you know again if the right person was ready to go and you know we still have two weeks i mean it's you know something could change but on the other hand it's like i've went on far shorter notice hunts than two weeks i mean you can get ready in two weeks i mean 
I, I, being completely honest, I'm probably in the worst shape that I've ever been in going into a hunting season right now. And it's going to be fine. I mean, it just gives you a little more motivation. Gonna gonna cut some cut some calories out and do a little be a little stricter for the next two weeks. But you know, it's not a total loss of like oh, I haven't been working out. Like I haven't had anything to really train for. I mean, I'm you know decent shape, whatever. But not not like focused like you've been like had a hunt coming for sure. Um, it's definitely a different focus. But hey, you know, we got plenty of time and you know, we, we had a little archery hunting or rifle hunting. I'm going to, um, my buddy AJ has not, I have already got a stone sheep with a bow. So, um, my buddy AJ has taken his bow and we're looking for a stone sheep for him. And I'm looking for, I'm kind of second shooter. So, uh, I'm going to take a rifle. So nice. Um, Brendan, let's talk about some of the new gear that Kuyu has just released. One of which, uh, is the Kenai. Um, and actually the Kuyu box showed up at my house today. So I've actually been able to put it on and put my hands on it. Um, tell us about the new Kenai. So like any, basically any new technology we come out with or any upgrade we do, I mean, there's, 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 there's a couple reasons that we may do it. Um, with the Kenai, it's like, um, increased performance. Um, if we can increase performance and decrease weight a little bit, then that's why we do it. And uh, we've definitely made an increase in performance with the Kenai. The, the primary point or technology is that we now have the, the 3D effects insulation is uh, it's, it's siliconized. So it's basically waterproof, wa highly water resistant. I would call it waterproof. I've been messing around with this. It's pretty incredible. Um, so basically the Kenai, obviously an amazing piece. Um, it'll perform better in wet conditions. Um, it'll keep the loft of the insulation even um and you can stay drier and warmer um, in those type of conditions. Um, we also simplified um, both. So there, there's three things. There's a vest, there's a, there's a hooded jacket, a regular jacket, and a pant. And so we also simplified the build, uh, particularly on the jackets. Um, put a new raglan sleeve um, designed for a better range of motion. Um, kind of re reassign the new front hand pockets placement um, that are a little more convenient. Uh, put some new draw pockets on the inside. And we, we, we streamlined the silhouette and remove, remove basically all of the quilting. So if you, if you look at a Kenai or any of our, our, you know, some of those jackets, like it's panelized insulation. So the, the more simple you can make it, the more breathable it's going to be. And then the more you can reduce sew lines, which obviously put penetrations into the, into that garment, the, the, the better off the garment's going to be. And so we, we've decreased uh, a lot of the quilting, just, just streamlined it and made it, uh, it's going to be obviously far more water resistant. Um, there's, there's a less compromised outer shell for water resistance. Um, if that's making sense, we just reduce the build, which is going to increase how the, the garment functions, um, less seams, it more comfort and sleeker. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing is we're going to try and simplify it, which will make it more water resistant. And obviously the, with the addition of the, the, you know, the water resistance in the insulation, it's a, it's a really big upgrade. It's going to breathe, it's going to breathe better than it did. It's obviously still very quiet, you know. Even some of our competitors have come out with some some lightweight insulation pieces, and they're and they're still lined fabrics. And by what I mean like that is like they basically put, have to put silicone or some kind of a liar, uh, uh, um, a liner on the inside to keep the loose insulation from migrating out. Whereas with the Kenai, it's connected insulation, so it's sewn end to end. And again, we simplified that to make it the bigger panels that are more breathable. But we don't have to have a liner, and it's not gonna it's not gonna migrate outside the fabric. So. Um, the other thing that made it is it, it's extremely quiet. Obviously we simplified it too. So it made it even quieter. So they're just like, like everything we do, reduce weight, improve performance, two huge upgrades on, or, or a couple, th I guess three or four upgrades on this piece. 
Um, I think people are going to really like it. It was already one of our best pieces we've ever done. And uh, it's definitely been improved um, performance-wise, weight-wise. Um, it's, you know, anybody who wants to give it a try, like it's, uh, you'll be really happy with it. It's, 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 it's a big improvement. Okay. And then the Chugach rain gear. So that again, everything we do is, you know, how do you make it lighter and more, how do you make it lighter while making it better? I mean, that's, that's basically, <laughs> that's, that's the motto at Kuyu since the beginning. So um, cool. A couple of cool things, obviously Chugach, we have three, we're trying, what we really try to do is delineate between our three different pieces of rain gear. We have um, the Chugach, which is the lightest, most packable rain gear. And it's truly our backpacking rain gear. Like I'm taking on this trip to the Yukon. It's like, um, and then we have the Katana in the middle and then the super, super durable rain gear is the Yukon. So like there's, there's three kind of three levels. Um, and then <clears throat> with the new Chugach, uh, obviously there's increased, increased tear strength, which is pretty huge. I mean, obviously we increased durability. Um, the, the abrasion resistance with the, with the fabric change is 400%. Um, and I, I actually thought that was a typo and, and double check that cause I've actually tested it, but I, you know, I mean, you, you have a hard time telling, you know, the percentage of stuff like that, but it's a 400% increase in abrasion resistance all the while reducing the weight by 20%. They, uh, we basically improved the fit and the cut of the, of the Chugach, um, make it a little more streamlined again, less seams. They added raglan sleeves, which, which improves, uh, movement, you know, allows, allows you to move your arms more freely. Um, it's made it quicker drying and, uh, just, just, just all over, just, you know, increased performance by decreasing rate weight, um, simplified it a little bit more, um, and, and got rid of the seams. So we're, we're super happy with that product as well. And that was, uh, I would imagine, I think we've sold probably more Chugach rain gear than anything in the history of the company. And to make an improvement um, this big to one of our staples is uh, it's pretty exciting. It's been in the works for a long time. With the 400% increase in abrasion resistance, in essence, durability, um, do you start getting in that Chuga, in that uh, Kutana realm of, of durability? Um, I mean, do they go hand in hand now? Well, there's, they're, they're definitely different. And then, uh, what, what the, what the, 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 the Katana is still, I would call it more resistance with the nylon. But the thing about the Chugach is that it's got a lot more stretch now. Um, gotcha. like the, the tear strength and increased abrasion resistance come with the stretch. Um, I consider the Chugach definitely quieter because of the stretch, um, especially on, you know, like for a bow hunter or something. I mean, any hard shell rain gear is obviously not going to be silent. I mean, if it's going to be waterproof, it's not going to be silent. That's just, that's the nature of, of rain gear. At some point, somebody may invent something that's totally silent and waterproof. But until then, um, when you have things that, that will absorb on the outside or stuff that's going to make it quiet, it's, it's just not going to be totally silent. But I our, the Chugach is definitely the quietest rain gear we make. Um, and and it's, it's, it's definitely with the, with the amount of stretch, it definitely makes it quieter. And 20% lighter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we try not to do, it's already unbelievably light. Yeah. We try not to do anything that's not going to, you know, again, if it's not going to increase performance and it's not going to reduce weight, we gener generally won't do it. And that's where, you know, the partnership with Tori, like 
you know, when it came to the Kenai jacket, like we really challenged them to like, Hey, there are certain times when you could get a Kenai super, super wet and it would hold some water. Like how can we prevent that from happening? And they went and, you know, went through a whole development cycle on making that the, the insulation improved. And, uh, and, you know, and we, and, and when they come back with an improved insulation, it's like, well, what can we, what can we take out of this jacket? You know, can, again, everybody wants to add bells and whistles and, you know, Im- improving, by addition is not always the case, especially when it comes to ultralight gear. So like, what can we take out that is going to make it perform better, fit better. Um, and you know, again, when you go through a lot of different development cycles on, on a product like this to, uh, to reduce the weight and increase the performance, it's, it's pretty cool when it does work out because it doesn't always work out that way. You know, sometimes it, it just doesn't, but, but with these two products, it definitely did. And then I just saw the sleeping bags are back. Sleep bags are coming back into stock. Yep. Yeah. It's been a little while. Obviously there's some factory issues and things going on overseas that are far more complicated than, uh, and above my pay grade, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be back in. I, in fact, I haven't seen that. I don't know when I knew they were coming back in this month, but, uh, the zero 15 and 30 degree. What do you tend to lean on? Um, say this hunter coming up, are you on a thir- in a 30 or a 15? I tend to run fairly cold. So like, again, I watch the weather as well, but you know, it depends on what else you're packing as, as well. So like, I think on this hunt, I'm, I'm going as light as possible. Obviously I'm not in the greatest shape in the world. So those ounces really count, but it, you know, in the Yukon, you can get some pretty bad weather, especially like, you know, this is going to be a little bit later. Like the, we're going to start hunting on the 12th and go through like the 24th or 5th. So we can see some really bad, you know, some really cold stuff. So I'm going to take my super down pro jacket and pant obviously with me. And I'm going to take a 15 on that just in case we get some snow or something. But normally we take a 30 degree with the super down pro jacket and pan, you know, in case you needed it. But I, I think I'm going to hedge like that's kind of going to be my one thing. I'm going to upgrade a little bit in and go with the 15 because you can see those type of temperatures. And, you know, especially on, a, on an unsupported backpack on when you're talking 10 or 12 days, you know, if you get stuck in there, you know, especially towards the end or some extra days or, you know, you know, four, five, six days in a tent being just a little bit cold kind of makes it worse so um but you know like the july 15th or summertime stuff i mean this summer i did a few camp trips with my son and i take the 15 or the 30 it's great super light packs down to nothing and stuffs into one of our medium roll top tri bags i mean thing is tiny so um yeah it just depends a lot a lot of times it depends on your body type and how you run like I, i tend to be cold when i sleep so um i'm always probably erring on the side of caution what tent will you take for this hunt? I'm going to take the one man, the, uh, the summit one P I'm, uh, you know, the, I generally like to take a freestanding tent, but knowing the area we're going in, there's a little more timber. It's a little more kind of lower country, low rolling type stuff. Um, and the last couple hunts I've taken that the one person tent, I've really, really liked it, especially, you know, when you're really trying to cut weight, it's, it's, it's roomy and, you know, with the bug liner in it, you don't have to worry about the bugs. So I've been really happy with that with that and you know you can set it up in a kind of a smaller footprint um if i was going somewhere like um when i went to ultimate Thule or um some of the places that are really really rocky or ice where you're not going to see it like then you want to take a freestanding tent because there's nothing to anchor down to i mean the 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 one thing about a a attention um setup tent like a summit star 1p is is you need to be able to stake it down um and so if you know you're going to be on ice and rock the whole time it's it's you can do it it's just more of a pain and there's times where you know if you're setting up in the dark or trying to build a little rock pile like it's just 
you know, it's nice to have it like, that's why I love the, the, the mountain stars. It's freestanding. You can, I mean, you don't have to anchor it down if you don't have to you just set it up, put some rocks around it and it's, it's got its own structure. So, you know, again, I just kind of make a call before I'm going, um, you know, based on the country or what I'm, what we're planning on doing to, as to what you're going to take. I mean, there's, there's a place for all of them. So that uh, Summit Star has a mesh body and it has a footprint as well. And then it comes with, um, I guess that'd be one pole, right? Yeah. And I, I, I won't, I don't think I'll take, I haven't packed totally yet, but I, I don't think I'm going to take the pole. I think I'm just going to, I'm taking two trekking poles on this one. So I'll, I'll, I'll set it up with my trekking pole versus the pole just to cut a little bit out of it. Um, and I will take the, the, uh, I'll have the inner tent and the, um, oh, what do they call the floor uh, the, and the extra floor on just, just cause you know, it's nice to keep stuff clean, especially if you get stuck in there a couple of days in bad weather. Um, not that much weight, but you know, makes it, makes it a little easier to keep your stuff organized. Gotcha. Um, and it's quite a bit lighter. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely lighter. It's just, it packs really, really small. I mean, like, like I said, when you start, you know, putting those small cylinders packed up into your bag. And, um, you know, this is going to be, we're going to walk out, of, we're going to walk off of the airstrip with 10 days worth of food on our back. So all of us, so you start to get, you know, they're talking 20 to 25 pounds of food. Mine'll will be really close to 20, but you know, you consider that with your rifle or your bow and all your gear and everything, you know, like it's, you know, first couple of days you definitely notice extra weight so anything you can cut out like we're going to go 10 days without without air support without a food drop like we're we're going to dig in so um so yeah you anything take you the can... pro 6000 or the pro 7800 or the... 7800 7800 yeah just because you know you're coming out like i'm planning on killing the sheep so um you're going to need that extra room and you know the, the difference isn't that much like i kind of the 6000 is kind of three to five day for me um, or when I'm, you know, going to be bringing out a life-size sheep and not, not going to be that long, but anything past five days, I go with the 7,800. Nice. Um, you've already shot a stone with your bow, so you're hoping to get one. And with a rifle. Okay, yeah, I've got so this two. will be your yep. third. Yep, hopefully, yeah. Fantastic. I'm just, it's like I said, it's it's funny. I feel like uh, before my first sheep hunt ever, because it's just, it's felt weird to not be able to go less the last two years or even, you know, really thinking this year wasn't going to happen. So I'm, uh, I would say I'm unusually excited. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be nice to just kind of get back to normal. I mean, everybody, like, I think we're all suffering from just this exhaustion from the last, you know, it's funny. I was one of the last people out of the Yukon before it was completely shut down. I went on a bison hunt with uh, Greg McHale and I believe I left like March 10th or 12th or something like that of 2020 and i was like the, the airport was empty everybody was out of the country i got to vancouver i was one of the last like it, they were it was shutting down like everybody like you know u.s residents can get home but it was like it was in the process of the shutdown so it'll be pretty interesting to get back right out there because i was you know really one of the last guys out of whitehorse and you know before the before the main you know pandemic shutdown happened so it's been yeah, we've been been a been a long time, really. <laughs> so between now and when you leave, as far as you say, you're not in the shape that you're normally in for a hunt like this. Will you? I mean, will you get out there and be pounding around, or are you just going to kind of 
you know, you don't want to get out there and go too hard and, and get hurt, or are you going to pound it and try and get your body at least on the page? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pound it. Like I'm, I'm just going to try and get in as good a cardio as I can. I'm not in horrible shape. I mean, it's not like a, you know, 60 pounds overweight or something, but uh, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of not having anything to focus on. I mean, I, I definitely train harder when I've got something to do. Luckily I've taken my son camping a couple of times when I, I actually, I'm, I'm grateful that I actually had the foresight to, I was kind of low on a pair of boots that I was you know, probably weren't going to make another hunt. So um, about a month and a half ago, I got another set of boots and I started breaking them in and they're fully broken, which is good. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my feet are a little bit soft if I'm being totally candid, <laughs> like the hooves are not in the kind of shape they should be in. And I'm just going to be doing some hiking. I took a, I don't know, a couple miler yesterday with a 60 pound pack on just, you know, trying, trying to make some of the muscles sore the first time or, you know, like I said, I'm not in terrible shape, but I just like, haven't been focused like you normally would. And I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm pretty much like everybody else that's going to go like it was about three weeks ago it kind of looked like man it's just not going to happen even some of the outfitters were getting pretty pretty negative and it just it just didn't seem like it would happen and then obviously it changed really quick so but yeah i'll just i'll just get in as good a shape as i can but ultimately like anything you know being mentally tough and knowing you're not going to quit and like yeah i'm I'm probably gonna you know probably gonna feel a little yeah i'm gonna suffer a little bit more i'm gonna feel a little bit more and you know, I got some, I'm going, AJ Kissel is just an absolute animal. So I, I'm already planning on um, feeling like the old guy. So um, just give me, I'll just feel like a little bit of more of the older guy. So no big deal. <laughs> Fantastic, buddy. Um, well, I'm excited for you. You can hear the excitement in your voice and, and it's great to be able to get back and do those things that you love for sure. And I know the outfitters uh up north are just chomping at the bit to get going for sure on it yeah if somebody uh, is interested in one of those doll hunts uh just brendan viet kuyu is my email um if you were really serious and again you know knowing that a you're vaccinated you'd be leaving you know what those dates are they could shoot me an email like i'd love to help those guys sell those those hunts again there's not not a lot not any reduction in price for them They're, they'll probably end up selling them but if you were feeling like it uh love to love to help those guys out or or anybody else too i mean obviously all any outfitters that i hear of that have some openings i'll, I'll definitely pass on because um yeah i mean it's, it's exciting for those guys to be able to you know I, I don't think a lot of people well there's probably a lot more people that can understand you know loss of income over that long of a period of time but um it, it, you know it's good to see them being able to salvage part of a season you know there's it's it's definitely taken a toll mentally financially and you know it's like it's just really good to see those guys have a little have have some hope and have some yeah something to look forward to you know i always say like you know subsidies any of that kind of stuff which always comes up but it's like man when that's what you love to do like when that's your business and you don't get into that business for you know financial reason you do it because that's what you love it's a lifestyle when you're not able to when when you're both taking a hit financially and you're both and you're and you're not able to live the lifestyle that you bought that you bought into or you you've dedicated your life to it's just it's it's like a double double whammy so it's it's just awesome that they're you know going to get back to normal like really really like glad cooler heads prevailed and they're at least going to be able to salvage some of a season because you know i mean it's a 30-day window they could also basically lose it another year which would be devastating so it's 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 really exciting awesome man all right buddy well thanks for coming on and uh, sharing all that info with us and um getting us up to speed on the new uh, kuyu uh, kenai and shugach and uh the new sleeping bags and uh, are you 
you just going to continue to wear out all the fish in Colorado? Or I'm trying to one at a time. <laughs> I've seen your. I, I have. I've seen it. Like I, I find myself weirdly fascinated to watch you fish with my dog uh, on uh, you fish on social media. Like it's like. I never, I never understood watching people fish, but I was like, I wonder if he's going to get one there. I saw you <laughs> like, oh, right there. Boom. Got one. So, yeah. Is it is it smoky down there at all? No, not at all. Oh. Um, it, we did a couple weeks ago, and then when these storms kind of started rolling in, it kind of um, must have taken yeah. the smoke somewhere else. But uh, we've been literally having rain, which is fantastic, almost every yeah. evening. And uh, we're supposed to get another one here tonight. So, um, Arizona's really turned around, uh, turned, turned out with great monsoonal moisture in the last two weeks has really come and Northern Mexico as well. So, um, yeah, things are looking bright and, uh, you know, we're getting close to elk season. So you'll be getting back and then transition right into elk season, right? Yeah, it's a little, it's definitely not, I wouldn't be, I'm not that optimistic, uh, on that. Like it is really hot in Montana right now and really, really dry, um, like the hottest I ever remember and the driest I've ever seen. So it's, I hope we get some more of that moisture too. Like not, not for everybody always talks, you know, antler growth or anything. Nobody, nobody cares about that right now. Just yeah, body hopefully condition. this. So we, yeah. So we just don't, we just don't get shut down for fires. I mean, like, uh, I, I know I remember 20 years ago, we had a, a season that didn't start until I think the 12th of September. Cause they just had everything shut down because of fire. And it's, it's that kind of dry right now. So I'm really hoping that we, we get some moisture. Right on, buddy. Brendan Burns, we'll talk to you when you get back. Uh, shoot a big one. All right. Thanks, Jay. We'll All catch right. you later. Bye. Bye. Guys, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to send me a direct message, you can do so on my Instagram account, which is at jscottoutdoors. You can also send me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I appreciate all the feedback on the podcast and I look forward to hearing from you. GoHunt.com Insider has filtering 2.0 where you can get draw odds, strategy articles, specie and unit breakdowns, and unbelievable gear giveaways. Did you know that they actually have a point system where you get 11% back to the consumer for using points for every dollar spent? Also, a new addition is the mapping, Go Hunt Maps. You have the desktop version, you have the mobile version for iOS and for Android users. There's never been a greater value for the Go Hunt Insider. Check them out at gohunt.com forward slash jscott.